Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion. We're in Matthew chapter 14 now. Chapter 13 was these little one-liners and single-verse teachings, and so it took a couple of weeks to get through it. And now we've arrived at chapter 14. Um, <clears throat> chapter 14, let's begin in verse 13, because verses, uh, verses 1 through 12 are covered elsewhere in our study plan. Remember, everything combines from these devotions to your curriculum content, and then likewise to our sermons as well. Here's uh, Matthew chapter 14, beginning in verse 13. When Jesus heard about it, he withdrew from there by boat to a remote place to be alone. When the crowds heard this, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a large crowd, had compassion on them, and healed their sick. When evening came, the disciples approached him and said, This place is deserted and it's already late. Send the crowds away so they can go into the villages and buy food for themselves. They don't need to go away, Jesus told them. You give them something to eat. So, when verse 13 says, Jesus heard about it, what he's referring to, what the text is referring to is the beheading of John the Baptist. When Jesus heard about the beheading of John the Baptist, when uh, John the Baptist's disciples came, removed the corpse and buried it and went and reported to Jesus, that's when he then withdraws from town and goes to a remote place. The text says in verse 13, to be alone. We saw the same thing in chapter 13, where Jesus would then withdraw. He would go somewhere to be alone. Even healing the massive crowds of people in Matthew chapter 13, and then telling them to kind of be subdued about it and keep quiet about it, that was a fulfillment of Isaiah chapter 6. The meekness of the Savior's first coming in his earthly ministry in its first iteration, that would be one of meekness. He wouldn't shout in the streets, right? That, uh, he, he would bring justice one day. But this was... This, this was a ministry of, of meekness at first, and now he's heard the news about John the Baptist. And so again, he has withdrawn to a remote place. This time he's gotten more drastic. He's withdrawn by boat, okay? <laughs> like in my view, if you get on a boat and you sail away, you're like, everybody leave me alone. <laughs> he is really getting away. Um, this is something I was talking to a member of our small group about last night. How do you Sabbath well? How do you vacate well? Um, for me personally, I don't want to be legal. I'm not going to be legalistic about it. That'd be ironic after having just taught Matthew chapters 10, 11, 12, and 13 to be legalistic about something. For me, I find that if I'm on vacation, if I have access to email, um, I'm, I'm going to tend to use it. Um, sometimes though, if, if something gets to me that's going to bug me, I won't be able to enjoy my vacation until I've resolved that issue. What I've discovered in vacation is it's best to be off the grid, <laughs> to just go off the map, man. Um, you know, remove email from your phone, like delete the app temporarily uh, so you don't even get those notifications that pop up. Uh, delete uh, delete the Facebook, you know, from your phone. If you want to share some photos, do it when you're back from vacation. That way your house is less likely to get robbed anyway. But when you vacate, like really vacate, and uh, when my wife and I have been on cruises over the years, those of you who are in Seattle are like, good grief, man, you're spending four grand on your vacation? No, uh, we, we cruise the cheap one, okay? Uh, we, we go on cruise ships with people who wear fanny packs without irony or shame. Those are our people. And we spend like 250 bucks a head. <laughs> all right, and it's a blast, by the way. Sail out of Mobile, Alabama, all right, and go to every port in the Caribbean and eat about $300 worth of food on a $250 cruise. Um, they had to limit the number of lobsters per guest because I once asked for five, and I ate them all. 
remember I told you, I've got this alter ego known as Vacation Dad. <laughs> and that's who I was trying to be at that moment. Well, when we were out at sea on the ship, we weren't going to pay money for extra internet access just to work while we were on vacation. And that meant that stuff that would come up, it was up to my assistant or my staff or the team or volunteers or somebody that just got to handle it because I was truly away. Jesus heard about the beheading of John the Baptist, withdrew from there and got on a boat to go to a remote place to be alone. That's how the text begins. However, it doesn't last long. The crowds hear about this and they follow him on foot from the town. So he leaves by boat, they follow on foot. So they're walking around the body of water to all converge upon Jesus. And it's in this remote area, we know that. Uh, we know that based on verse 15, the place was deserted and it was already late. They had traveled a long way. So Jesus must have only had an hour or two to himself before these people made the long trek to go be with him. And so Jesus goes ashore, he sees the large crowd, he has compassion on them, and he heals their sick. So man, numerous times in Jesus' ministry, he has these going away. This weekend in our sermon, we're going to talk about the feeding of the thousands. So we'll delve into that actual aspect of the text. I love how Jesus sets the tone. You give them something to eat. <laughs> like he tells the disciples to do something impossible. Man, that right there, that fact alone will preach. But I just want to zoom in on this one little nugget of truth that doesn't just happen here. It happens all over the gospel accounts that Jesus would withdraw to be alone and to pray. Do you have Sabbath space or do you own a boat? <laughs> if you don't own a boat, at least have a place where you can likewise withdraw to be alone, to commune with God, shut off the screens. Man, like I caught myself the other day, had my TV playing football, had my computer open to write curriculum, and I had my phone open to be able to text with my staff. I was like, I got three screens right now that I'm looking at. <laughs> shut them all down and find a place to be alone. All right, I won't tell you where mine is, Tiger Mountain, because I don't want you to come find me. <laughs> I gotta have that place to go be alone. I gotta have that place where I can go and just and, and, and isolate and pray. All right, you need your own as well. In this case, it set the stage for another miracle. Had Jesus not withdrawn by boat and not gone ashore and seen the crowd in this deserted, isolated area, then there wouldn't have been need for the feeding of the 5,000 that's about to take place in this week's sermon text. Then his, his uh, demand of the disciples, give them something to eat, wouldn't have been the prompting for the miracle context. It would have been a Costco run. But instead, because of Jesus' withdrawal, the stage is set for a miracle, and we're gonna study it tomorrow. It's not just a fish buffet. It's also eternally significant for the gospel. Let's go to church tomorrow together.